special we're here today we're talking to uh two-thirds of the uh, danish uh, pop electro pop i hasten to use uh, a, a genre because it's always wrong everybody has to uh, do whatever they feel is creatively and musical but uh, we're here talking to uh Norel, who are nicholas maling and victor hagner uh, you're in uh denmark at the moment right yeah. yes at the uh, secret laboratory where you uh, make you, you do your evil deeds, right? Yeah, that's exactly. right. <laughs> so uh, you guys, you, you're a new act, and your, your PR company are calling you the new breed, which I think comes from a lyric from uh, one of the tracks that you uh, sent out, which I think was that in Howl, where, and that seems to have stuck. So you're actually kind of, uh, you're creating, I guess it's a, it's a brand of that kind of, the thing that Scandinavians seem to do so well, which is kind of pop music. I mean, that's the first thing that you do, but it's kind of got an R&B side i mean how did you guys get started well actually me and Vixa met each other at like an electronic music course um where the thing we wanted to do back then was make like a lot of house music and a lot of like disco music yeah actually. yeah um and then i don't know i don't know why but it kind of grew into us wanted to make like pop music or wanted to learn more about how to make real songs or like uh, real songs <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> um and then we are like from way back we are both from us so we can kind of relate to each other like how we wanted at least the, the rhythmical part to be ah, okay i mean uh, the, the, that's the thing that, the, about your stuff i mean it's very it's it's quite minimal but it's it's heavily driven but it's not over rhythmically produced it's sort of everything is placed perfectly well so you kind of you fo- you focus much more on the on the kind of sound because it doesn't say you know it's not like the you know standard uh, sounds that are used in a lot of pop music you're actually kind of creating sounds from scratch in a lot of times or selecting them carefully right yeah yeah that's that's what we're trying to do anyway. <laughs> it's uh, nice to to hear that from you anyway. Well, I've been listening to the stuff all day because I've been doing kind of a lot of reverb. The first single came out in the summer, which was Howl. I mean, it's actually quite a traditional thing, isn't it? You've got one single that came out in the summer, then you've got another single which is coming out, uh, which came out in September, which is the Great Escape. I mean, it's a, it, it seems quite traditional, but I mean, the record, the music industry, I used to use record industry, that shows how old I am. The, the music industry is so different now. I mean, are you consciously doing it one at a time? Have you got an album that you're working on at the same time, or are you just kind of going uh, track by track? Right now, we actually, I guess we're pretty fortunate that we have a lot of tracks that, that are finished, so we get to do, like, uh, think tactical about it when when we want to release the next track or which tracks should it be uh, and then in the end it should be like a, 
uh, like an EP. I mean, it's going really well. I mean, it's kind of blown up. I've seen, you know, there's, I've got some, uh, some moody shots of the uh, electronic, uh, your representation here. That's uh, you guys. Although you look, you look very different there. Is that a long time ago? Or are you just chameleons all the time? So you're doing all the promotion and all of that side of things as well. I mean, is that, is that weird or is that, uh, you enjoy that part of it? I think it's really funny to, to try all these things, but you know, it's pretty new for us to, to do all this this PR and like do this with you as yeah. well. It's the first time we do it, so you know that's uh, pretty exciting and scary as well. Well, uh, don't be don't be don't be afraid. I'm very gentle. <laughs> I promise you. So. One thing that is really interesting to me, I mean, a lot of musicians of my generation that came through the kind of whole Atari hardware synthesizers, MIDI, that side of things, you know, we're very used to a hardware approach. Whereas I'm guessing you guys are probably very much in the box, right? So what is it that you what is it that you're using? Well, we right now we're using Ableton, and it's been like that for three years, I guess, um, from the start. Yeah, actually. it's yeah. I, I've personally I've tried like Reason and Fruity Loops, but it like it never made sense in my mind. Um, I can remember like the first time I tried Ableton, it it was like the the way I wanted to build uh, my DAW software, so um, it made sense yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, I see. And I guess the other thing is, obviously, you know, a lot of times, you know, what tends to happen, certainly in, in the traditional kind of producers and the, the vocalist kind of scenario is one or other of you is a DJ, but you guys started off as musicians. So you're coming at it very much from a musical background. So you've got you've got that sensibility. I mean, do you find that um, you're able? I mean, the, the thing with Ableton is obviously if you're recording, you know, you're recording very non-linear, linearly, if that's the word. So you, do you kind of build small sections and then stick them together or do you have an idea of the song in your head or do you work with the singer to get the shape of the song right first how do you approach an arrangement from you know from the germ of an idea i think we, we always start making songs in the arrangement view so we don't make the loops at first so we i think sometimes you know we make a some kind of a, a chorus and yeah. then go from there and maybe we get inspired by a drum sound or a synth sound or a sample and you know it just yeah. builds up from there and how do you how are you how are you actually interfacing with that are you kind of very much uh trackpad and mouse and keyboard or are you are you kind of using controllers i mean how are you use you know to get the creativity in there because i mean that's something that i find difficult when i'm working just with a computer i need to have some kind of musical thing to input the stuff and what are you using to actually you know make the music like we mostly i guess we use like just a trackpad and and the keyboard but we always have like a midi keyboard connected to a computer so occasionally you can play the chords or play in the drums and then correct it afterwards with the mouse yeah we we don't like have this big setup it's very simple so yeah just a normal keyboard and trackpad and then a midi keyboard connected I guess that makes it very, I mean, you, you could do it kind of anywhere then. I mean, on the plane, on the bus, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the beauty of that. I mean, many of us get bogged down with lots of hardware and stuff. I mean, in fact, you know, I'm, I'm just here. I don't know if that's the Behringer DeepMind 12, which I'm just beginning to review, you know, so lots of people are getting yeah. excited about hard. I mean, are you, uh, do, you, do you feel that um, hardware would enhance the way that you work at all? Or are you just so used to that kind of in-the-box mentality that it, it, it's kind of an alien thing? I think it was just the way we learned to to make the electronic music from the start that we just used the computer and maybe sometimes we would record some sounds and 
in that way, you know, get out of the box and into the box again, if you... Yeah, yeah, I see. And I guess the, the problem is that, yeah, for, for us, it's, it has to be very easy and quick. And we don't, like, our setup is not fit to uh, have, like, these big keyboards and analog machines. Um, so I guess I guess we wanted to do it if we could have a setup where it it was easy to connect and quick to, to use. And we don't have sense. the room right now to, no. <laughs> to fit a lot of, of synths and drum machines. But uh, hopefully someday we'll get yeah. some, some nice gear. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess that comes later. You know, once the once the the well, I mean, it's hard to make a living out of the music industry, as I'm sure you realise as well. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, are you finding that uh, you know the 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 success, the sort of media success, the online success, that sort of thing, is translating to other things? Because I mean, obviously, I've seen a couple of uh, shots of you playing at PAs and and obviously re- for performing live. How much are you doing actually live when you're doing that sort of thing? Because I mean, it's very difficult to to take a whole setup on the road as well. Yeah, and you know the music is not made for for live music in you know from the start. So we have to make it live somehow, um, and we really try to to play as much live as we can because you know we don't want to uh, we don't want people to think that we just press play. You know, we're not DJs; we are mus- musicians. You know, I, I get a sense that there is you know that there's a sense of. Um when there is a live performance now, people really want something to be actually happening because, you know, that whole excitement of the, the, the possibility it might go wrong or it might go in a different direction is actually quite important now, especially to the people who are yeah. going to go and see the gigs, yeah? And I mean, like for us, it's always, uh, it can be a, di- a bit difficult because a lot of our songs have like 50 different instruments and then we have to pick something that's... Uh, Important, that, yeah, to important the to the yeah. song, but also makes sense live. So, like the movement of the sound, it's it's exciting to watch for people or for the audience. And I guess the thing is, I mean, listening to your stuff, it's actually quite detailed. There are things that happen. You know, if it was me doing, I go, oh, I like that, but I'll use it again in four bars. But with your productions, it's sort of gone, and you just go, oh, that was <laughs> great. Uh, it, it, you know, so I mean, do you find that you? You want to put a lot of musical ideas and, and create those sort of sounds, which just f- are very fleeting. I mean, because again, with the arrangements, I mean, modern pop arrangements are much less traditional than they used to be. There's, there's, you know, you get your verse, chorus, bridge, but there's lots of little linking sections and fills and turnarounds, which actually make it much more complicated to reproduce and also, I guess, to produce in the first place. Yeah, you know, it's right. It's, I guess, it's always hard not to like copy the, the great details, but. I guess it's it's also something that we have learned while we work together that you you need to be you know to hold back the details it's not like I guess it's also what keeps people wanting to hear the songs and there's the other thing as well because I, I, what's happening in production now is so much about the processing of the vocals and little and I notice in a couple of the tracks I mean it sounds like uh you're almost using very small loops of vocal sounds to create like lead sounds or it sounds like that tra- that's transitioning I mean do you find when you're recording the vocals and you're working on it because th- that becomes so much part of the song and the arrangement that the song itself has to evolve around almost the processing you create for the vocals yeah we we, we try to, to get some vocals on the track as soon as possible we can as early in the process as possible, yeah. uh, because we get really inspired by you know taking these vocals and yeah making uh, ad libs out of them or making leads as you said and yeah sometimes drums as well. 
Okay, so you you do a lot of uh, post-processing and changing it all up so that you can use those sounds. Yeah. Marie-Louise, who is the singer, Marie-Louise, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Marie-Louise Person Bjarnason, is that right? I hope that's right. She's got, a ve- she's got a very distinctive voice as well, which is kind of, it's, I mean, it, it's very unique. It almost sounds like it's processed or sped up slightly. Is it, I mean, is that something that you that you, you listen for in a vocal sound or are you actually processing to enhance that kind of flavor? No, actually her voice is, is like really, yeah, it's, it's distinct, but it's, yeah. it's really like, uh, um, what does it call it? It's hard to make it warm, you know, like you want in pop vocals. Um, so that's, that's a big part of it. The processing in it, it is to, to make her, her voice seem warm. Um, but but yeah, her voice is just uh, extremely exciting to listen to from the start. So we don't have to to do a lot to it actually. And you you create a lot of space around the vocal as well. The vocal really, I mean, as we and I think this is something that's been going on for ever since we started to get kind of people listening to music on their phones. The the frequency domain of a track, yeah. you know, you don't you can't put much in it. You have to kind of restrict the elements, and the vocal yeah. has to sit on top. So you 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 almost have to kind of play down the musical arrangement behind it. I mean, are you yeah. is that something that you think you've just instinctively do because it's you're trying to make it sound like things that you know or that you're doing consciously? I think it's like it, it took us a long time to learn that because we. I guess we we always wanted to put more and more stuff in our productions. It was always overproduced yeah. somehow, and also like the, the howl and the Great Escape is actually one of our like I guess it's our two most overproduced songs because it's <laughs> it's it's our oldest songs. So like the new stuff that it's coming coming out now, it's it would be much more like simple and down like the I guess the idea would be would be more um, clear to hear. Yeah, uh, but it's it's really tough to like kill your darlings and remove all like the details. But it's it was makes the song song better in the end. I yeah, guess. and it's a big part of our process when we are producing is to to kill our darlings, you know, and kill each other's darlings <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's really interesting you say that because I mean you guys, uh, I, I I mean without appearing trying to be patronizing, you're, you're young guys, right? And that stuff is hard to learn that that to let go of a creative idea. And just just to let the the bigger picture kind of surface. I mean, that's something that I think is quite unique when you get uh, production duos, because most you know a lot of people work on their own and they can do what the hell they like. Whereas you obviously are able to communicate creatively, which is a, a great bonus, right? But it can yeah, be it's... really hard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not getting mad at each other, but uh, I, I think we can cope. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So tell me, what, what is it that you're using? I mean, when you're putting a track together, you're working in Ableton, are you using the onboard devices a lot or are you using a lot of additional software and plugins to get kind of where you need to go? We actually lose, use a lot of, like, yeah, Ableton owns um, software and plugins. Um, I guess it's when you're used to something, it's, or when you know how to use it, it's, I guess it's valuable to... Yeah, to, to do that because we we know those plugins so well. Um, yeah, but we also use yeah. a lot of uh, external plugins. Um, yeah, and love to get new stuff. You know, that's for me. It's really um, it's really good for my creative creativity to get new synths and new drum sounds and stuff like that because you know, it's like starting on on a fresh. When you get in your own way, when you care about calculating. Like in The Great Escape, which is the single that's just out, 
It sounds like there's some FM log drums in there to me, like old school, the, the, the kind of little percussive sequence at the beginning. I mean, are you using uh, those kind of... T- is, is that an FM thing that you're using in Ableton? It's, I think actually it's a, a real rim shot that we made a pattern out of oh, and right. made our own loop and then tried to like digital distort it. So, so bounce it a lot of times with different verbs and... And yeah, uh, pitch it down and pitch it up again. And... Oh, interesting. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys spend a lot of time on the detail of stuff. I mean, are you kind of, uh, are you the sort of guys that will, you know, work late into the night on a particular sound like that just to get it right? Or do you try and work fast so that the creative juices keep going? I think actually it's both because yeah. that's, I think that's the good part of, of uh, what we, that we can work together. It's like Nicholas is really like uh, into the detail and can use a lot, yeah, a lot of hours uh, it's, yeah, to do stuff like that. And I'm more like, I have to, you know. Uh, you, just... you come in and say, no, that's rubbish. We're not going to use that. <laughs> Let's go, man. Uh, and just make the arrangement and have, you know, have the overlook of the song. So no, I just said we, we, we complement each other pretty well because it, it's just a fine balance between, between like going into the sound design and then quickly getting creative and getting chords and melodies down. And I, I, th- I guess it's, it's a great combination. Yeah. So the other thing, obviously, you know, when you're working with a singer, singers have uh, often a nature of being quite precious. And also, but at the same time, there's a real uh, um, zeitgeist at the moment of vocals being really heavily processed, the auto-tune as an effect rather than as a, 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 you know, to fix a problem. I mean, do you find that that, because I mean, obviously you need to apply that kind of stuff and it's not maybe what the vocals vocalist sang. I mean, how do you approach those things? I mean, is uh, uh, I, I imagine there might be a, a point of conflict there creatively or is, uh, is she cool with the whatever you do with her voice? I mean, we, we used a lot of time discussing this uh, thing actually because uh, we think personally that that the sound of autotune is is really great. Uh, it uh-huh. colors the sound really great. I think it makes uh, so it cut. Not, it makes it cut through as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's it. It's it's not only you know in tune. It's also like uh, m- metallic somehow, and I, I really love that. So so we discussed it with with the Marie Louise, and I think the most important thing for her is that it's her singing, you know, and she can do it live as well as good. Right. Because there are some, I mean, some vocalists now, I mean, we've heard this before, where where vocalists almost develop a technique where they can sing with, so it sounds like almost they are auto-tuned. It's the way that they attack the timbre of the, their voice or, you know, completely flatten any vibrato. I mean, some singers can do that, and that is a, an astonishing skill. I mean, it's weird when you hear it for real, but, I mean, it sounds like she's capable of, of that level of control, which seems to be something that's... Yeah quite common amongst sort of Scandinavian pop singers. There's very much a strong degree of quirkiness, but also great control, right? Yeah, that's right. People actually, people have, often they tell us that we should turn down the auto-tune on on her, but in the end, it's often her own voice that makes that kind of, you know, uh, break in the the tone, or what do you say? Um, When it it retunes too fast, like... And you it, get that kind of yeah. Voice, you get that stepping. So. Yeah. 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 What what kind of stuff are you working on now? I mean, you're, are you still working on the EP, or are you now uh, working on because um, are you working on remixes? I mean, I'm guessing as you get, you know, as people hear your tracks and go, I like that sound. Can you can you work on stuff for me? Are you doing production? Are you doing that side of things as well? 
I think like like Nicholas said in the start, we are fortunate that that we have so many tracks done uh, right now, so we can work on new stuff and collaborate with other artists and yeah stuff like that. And we're actually now working on on the last song that's going on the EP. And it, it wasn't supposed to from the start, but we just really wanted it to 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 get released soon. And that's a, that's another interesting. I mean, I suppose with the change in the way that lab, you know major labels or any kind of label kind of works with artists you know where they would call the shots I mean, i'm guessing because you're so portable and mobile and do you get to you, you just do whatever you feel and they'll support you and they're just it's about them helping you with marketing i mean it, it, it's more uh, almost about um having decent management who know how to promote you rather than necessarily a traditional record company right yeah i guess so we we have a, a really nice a and r um but but he's not like making the thing and making us do anything specific it's more like pushing us to do better you know all the right. time and when you when you're mixing your stuff um are you uh, do you hand it over to a mix engineer and, and and then go to the studio and kind of sit in the back of the room and let them do the thing or are you very much hands-on are you kind of or are you doing it all in the box and you know it just gets mastered i guess a lot of our sound have like they're very characteristic so we can't just hand it like completely dry to a mixer always. A lot of our sounds we have to keep pretty wet and then he has to like make it happen some, some work, work around it yeah. somehow. Um, but yeah, we, we use like, we have this really cool guy called Anas who, um, who really understands our sound. So he, he, know, he knows what to do and and if he has a problem with our like way of mixing it, he, he can you know, call us and make it that particular sound dry and we can send it to him again. All right. So you, uh, I guess, because this is that you send basically a lot of stems rather than individual tracks, like in the traditional fashion. So you say, well, that's the, that's the beats or that's the beats minus the kick or that's So you end up with, you break out certain elements that you feel might need to be processed, but you try and keep everything intact. Yeah, we, we actually send all the tracks to him. So he has like, maybe around uh, 100 tracks or something. Uh, wow. But we just try to keep our own like effects. Uh, how do you manage to, uh, with, with, with your stuff being so minimal sounding, how do you manage to use 100 tracks? I, that's, there's something going on there. <laughs> is that because you like to have options or what, what is, have you no discipline? We, we always <laughs> have like a lot of vocals and a lot of drums. And our mixer is always like a bit complaining about that because it's, it's really, it's a tough job for him. Yeah, but I guess he makes it sound great in the end. <laughs> yeah, no, they do sound good. Um, the other thing is, when you're recording vocals, I mean, do you do those yourselves, or do you go to a studio to kind of put lay onto a, a, a bare bone session? Or I mean, how are you dealing with that? Well, we're recording ourselves. We used to to um, have our friend's studio with where there's a, a vocal booth, uh, and we can. And get this microphone from from our label, which is a really nice microphone. We can just, you know, um, what's it called? Do borrow? Yeah, we can borrow that. <laughs> ah, okay. And what are you using? Do you know what's what's the actual what's the signal path? Because her vo her, the vocals do sound really good. I mean, I know that when it comes to the mix, there's probably a lot of processing that goes on afterwards, but to, to record the track, what, what, you know, what uh, sound input, what, what, what uh, signal path are you using? It's actually pretty simple, like 
Pahal, we used our, uh, I know, I think in English you say road. Oh, yeah. Like, it's pretty cheap, actually. And we, we don't really have a, a preamp, so we just plug it into our, what it's, what's it, it's called? It's, it's Apollo Twin. Ah, well, that explains a lot because the preamps on those are really nice. So, so you, you, uh, that's yeah. it. So, are you using uh, some of the UAD stuff in your mixes? So, you, uh, is that what you're using, like power plugins, when you're when you're creating the sounds to process and and that side of things as well? Yeah, yeah, but we always like we always record the vocal completely dry, so our mixer can do whatever he wants, and we can like we pre mix it. Yeah. yeah. We always have the, the vocals com completely dry. It's I guess it's more safe that way. Yeah, I, yeah, it means that there's there's repairs and all of that. And what are you using for monitoring? We have these uh, Eves. Um, I don't know actually. If you want, we can show them. And if we you know go over to the phone or something. Ah, okay. Well, may maybe what we could do because if you've got your laptop with you, I mean, I'd be really interested to see because you say you got a hundred tracks in some of your things. I'd be interested to see what one of those sessions looks like because I'm guessing it's a lot of stuff, right? Right now, this is how. Can you see this? Yeah. Yes. All right. So we're looking at a range mode there. Yeah. This is uh, this is how. So it looks a lot like what you've got are. Uh, uh, tracks with small things on that are being processed in very specific ways yeah and i guess we are we are pretty messy sometimes when we produce so it's are you trying not to be <laughs> <laughs> um, back when we made this track we were we weren't that focused on being neat and nice so it's kind of messy so when you uh, do you print all of your effects? Do you like to have everything there rather than running things in real time? Or I mean, do you like to commit and say, "Yeah, that's a great sound. Let's just print, uh, print that to a clip and put it on the timeline." It depends. Yeah, sometimes we have to do it because our computer is yeah, it shuts down or yeah, Ableton is, won't run, so we have to like bounce some of the the more heavy tracks. So that's it. I mean, you're, you I noticed there you're using Ableton as very much as a kind of linear, non-linear DAW rather than the kind of grid view. I mean, is that the way you're tending to work most of the time? So you're actually moving patterns around within that rather than making clips and that side of things. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. It, we like to like get get it arranged at, as quick as possible, and yeah, we we use a lot of automation, so it's it's just easier to work around that in here. So what what kind of I mean how how many devices are you likely to uh, put in in a chain? I mean, do you kind of think oh that's actually probably a bit too much? Maybe we should uh, remove some of those, or do you just keep going until you get to where you need to go? Sometimes our chains are pretty long. Uh, it's actually, pretty long time since we've been in this one, but like it's it's always when we sample vocals or like make make melodies out of vocals, it always gets really long and. We have to bounce it a couple of times for the computer to run it. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes we try to take some some of the 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 things off the track, but you know it's it's just not the same. You know, it's sometimes it's just have to be there uh, all of it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see. There's quite a lot going on on that one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Good work. Um, and so. Um, 
I'm guessing, you know, with, uh, do you feel like you're still developing a sound or have you kind of got, have you got like a set of tools that you can now kind of move forward for a specific amount of time until another project comes along? I mean, how do you approach that thing? Do you just kind of follow your instincts or do you try not to reinvent the wheel every single time, you know, you're doing something? I think we, we are always inspired by, you know, something that's that's maybe in the radio at the time or something, but it's always ended, ends up with, being something really different from that and that's i think that's really positive no that's an interesting idea because i mean i think uh, very much that you know when you hear something how it makes you feel gives you a memory of what it was like that isn't real so then you try and chase the feeling you had rather than the actual exact sound and i think that that's what gets you know originality and those new yeah. sounds that that take you somewhere else right yeah that's right and it's, yeah, I guess even though you, you try to copy a song in, in the beginning, it, for us it always ends out being completely different. But yeah, I guess it's 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 great to start that way for us to almost try to mi mimic sounds or songs and try to see why why you know a big hit why why is it working what what is good about it and try to analyze it a bit. I think I'm curious because I mean, do you think that's I, I, I hate to be stereotypical here, but there is a feeling that Scandinavian nations are really good at pop music. I mean, you know, we've got a long history of it. I won't go back to all the cheese, but, you know, <laughs> Max Martin, for instance, you know, I consider to be an absolute pop genius. You know, I mean, really is just astonishing. And, and do you think that it's a, it, it's a question of analysing things to a degree and thinking? Because I know, I mean, even ABBA used to do that when they were producing. They'd say, we want something that has a feeling like this or is, 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 is and it's analysing what is... What has a popularity? What it works? Do you think there's something in the in the way that uh, that part of the world works that just enables you to approach pop in a different way? I, I just think that you know it's important to to take pop music serious, you know, because a lot of people don't. They think that it's, it's the most easy thing in the world to make a pop track, you know, and. For me, it's it's the hardest thing, actually. I could see that. I mean, because things have to be very specific, don't they? I mean, sometimes you can get lucky and it'll throw together and suddenly you've just got something that's magic that you didn't know was going to happen. But, you know, I guess you, you guys work really hard at this and spend a lot of hours trying to uh, um, crafting what you're doing, right? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're always talking about how to, yeah, why that song in the radio, why does it work or... Why is it like the number one song on Spotify? Why, why do people want to listen to that? Um, so it's something we are always thinking about. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Like we, we are following our instincts when we are making the music, you know. But but it's we also want people to to want you know, want to listen to the music as well. So so we have to you know to think about that as well. And so how I mean that's interesting as well. I mean, how do you gauge the success? or not of a track? Is it just the general buzz about it? Because, I mean, charts are really hard to read now because they just that, that there are so many different specific charts for very niche things. And it's like, well, how do you get a sense of what when it's going well? Is it because people are talking about it or you get interviews or whatever? How does that, how does it work? I think it's about, you know, making something really simple and like intelligent at some point uh, at the same time, you know. So it's interesting to listen to, even though it's really simple. And you just get into the song really quickly. And the other thing that's also cool is, is 
as I said earlier, that the thing about arrangements is they've become much more complex. I mean, do you find, do you get that kind of pleasure when you go, oh, I put two beats in there or that's an odd number of beats in for that turnaround and, and nobody noticed that it was weird, but it still works. I mean, do you, do you kind of get into that sort of thing as well? Yeah, I guess we, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of personal pleasure in like noticing the sounds we, we made and like remembering how it, it was made, but probably a lot of people won't even notice it. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I I enjoy that. And so yeah. you, you say you're both drummers. I mean, how do you approach beats? I mean, do you have a set of your own sounds that you use or you start with kind of, you know, sample library stuff or, you know, onboard sounds and then just tweak and tweak and change and change and process and process? I mean, how does it, how do you tackle a rhythm, the beginning of a rhythm track? We have a lot of, very good so like sample libraries and a lot of old vintage packs and and we actually used a lot of those yeah uh, and that's i think it was made for for you know, hard old style. Uh, hard style edm <laughs> music uh, but but somehow we 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 made it made, made it fit in, yeah. in in a pop track so what like vintage drum machines that sort of side of things or, or uh, more kind of handmade sounds yeah, it's often like sample packs called uh, sounds for pop music or sounds for hardstyle beats, something like that. It's pretty cheesy, actually, yeah. but it's sometimes like, it, it just uh, yeah fits in in a in a weird way. It's almost going back to kind of you know back in when sampling first came out. You know, people would sit there for hours auditioning snare drums, you know, until they found the right one that just had that yeah. magic fairy dust. I mean, are you finding you're doing the same thing, but from because there are so much more, there are so many more sounds available. I yeah. mean, you know, is there a point where you think, oh, we've spent so long just looking for that snare sound, maybe we should think of something else that that is missing? Do you? F- I like to like when I get to that point where like all. You know, if you have to find a snare drum and all the snares you find sound kind of like the same or boring. Um, I like to make like rules if, yeah, the next sound I hear, I have to make that great somehow. Ah, okay. (laughs) All right, right. Yeah, that's probably quite a good discipline because, I mean, as we know, I mean, often... I mean, simplicity is deceptive, of course, but I mean, sometimes also creative limitations really help focus the mind, don't they? If you just say, right, we're going to use these things, that's it. And we make something yeah, good from that. I guess that's also why it's 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 great to like bounce your your sound some sometimes, even though it has like reverb and delays on it, because then you're you're forced to work with that sound. You can't go back. You have to make that great somehow, and I guess it it sparks a lot of creative energy. Yeah, there's no easy way around it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, back in the day, you know, people had to make limitations of four tracks or eight tracks or however many tracks it was. And in a sense, you are kind of working with those limitations as well, but it's more just down to CPU cycles. You know, if the track won't run because you've got this great sound, then you've got to bounce and commit and, you know, go back. Does that mean that you save lots and lots of versions so that you come back? I mean, are you are you kind of, do you find yourselves becoming rather uh, like sort of IT uh, consultants sometimes when you're managing all of this data that you have? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. feels that way some some <laughs> some days <laughs> and how do you handle that i mean because you must generate a lot of stuff i mean do you back up to the cloud i mean do you, how do you do that or do you have like, multiple copies of stuff or are you really living dangerously it's actually a, a really big problem for us <laughs> we, we are pretty bad at it actually <laughs> even though we got this uh what is it called apple uh, yeah. capsule yep. air uh, capsule. capsule yeah if you know that one yeah, time capsule so, that'll that'll help. 
we are always short in space or in like memory uh, on our computer. So, so we have to keep the leading stuff all the time, <laughs> and sometimes we we just you know deleting uh, the, the different uh, no, the, the wrong stuff <laughs> oh yes. man you guys you guys need to invest in some hard drive space it's, there's no excuse it's pretty cheap <laughs> I think you're right <laughs> <laughs> excellent well guys so what's next for you I mean you know you, you've got the second single coming out obviously the EP going what are you what, what are you doing now in the run up over Christmas and, and into the new year I guess right now we are preparing for the next single um we have to like make some new pictures for that one and also make a video. And I guess it's, I don't know, I know, I don't know when it's coming out actually, but I guess within, before Christmas. Yeah. Then so, we have to decide like, what is the EP going to look like? Or, you know, what, what track would, would be on it and. Right, so it's all back. Do, do you? I mean, are you involved in the kind of creative direction of the way it looks as well? I mean, you get involved in the video, or do you kind of like to hand some of that stuff off so that you can just concentrate purely on the music? We we really try to like commit to to every part of it, so it's you know it's as uh, personal yeah. personal as as it can be. I think, yeah, but it's it's always tough because it sometimes it it's it's easier to. To get a brand right, if someone like who doesn't is who's not as involved in it as, as we are, uh, like I guess if you have to make a picture, it's more easier to hear suggestions first. Yeah, I guess you know if someone takes Every a mass, and if someone takes a picture of your face, you know, and it looks great, but you couldn't possibly, you know, you couldn't do that because it would be weird, wouldn't it? You'd be like, "Here's my face, it looks great," but if somebody yeah. else goes, "No, that's a lovely photograph. We should use that." It says all of these things. I mean, as as you, you couldn't really do that because it would seem very uh, narcissistic, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I guess the whole feeling of, or like the concept of the band is. It just uh, it's a bit hard to imagine when you make the music because you you know what kind of music it is, but uh, you don't really know how, how the feeling is in the music for others. That is an interesting thing, though, because for a lot of people, when they make music, they get very strong visual uh, um, images that come along with it. I mean, do you find that's the same thing when you when you're working on a track? You think I know how this is going to look. I know, or I've got an idea of what I what I think it should look like. So then, when you go through to doing the promotion, the, the, the cover and stuff, you've already got a very strong idea in your head. Sometimes we have some ideas and sometimes there's, there's nothing, you know, because we, we only think about the music and how that feels, uh, yeah, in our bodies. Okay, well, guys, I hope things really work out for you. I mean, it sounds like you're on the, a trajectory. You've got a lot of, uh, a lot of time to enjoy the, uh, the, the fruits of your labour, and I hope you have a great New Year and a great Christmas. Um, I want, to say, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you guys. So uh, just to reiterate, if you want to check out what they're up to, uh, what's the best place for people to find out about your stuff and, you know, the latest single or that? Because I checked the YouTube channel. Because you're such a new group, there's actually not all that much online about you. You need to sort that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> so what, Facebook and uh, SoundCloud, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Instagram. We are yeah, doing it out there. Yeah, so you, I imagine you probably have to pay, spend a lot of time keeping up your social profiles as well as doing the studio work, right? It's a full-time job. Yeah, it is. It's it's actually a, a big part of uh, our working life right now to, to get better at that. 
We we just got Twitter as well, and we are not that good at it. We we don't understand it fully yet. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you very much. Um, that's uh, the the last single, which is the Great Escape, was out. Uh, I think it was the uh, it was in September, wasn't it? It's been out for a couple of weeks, September the twenty seventh. So uh, do check it out. I mean, it's very much of a kind of pop thing, unashamedly pop, which I think is a, a good thing because I'm a big fan of pop music myself as well. Once again, uh, Nicholas and Victor, thank you very much for talking to us. No problem. Thank you.